0: Hello and welcome back to Hexgrid Hangouts. This week, I am joined by—wow, uh, I didn't get your full <laughs> title—Brian uh, Bauman of uh, of Paizo. Uh, we are here to uh, continue the conversation with folks uh, in and around the uh, Paizo Accountability uh, Unionized Paizo uh, movement, if I can use the word. Uh, thank you so much for joining me tonight, Brian. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me course yeah so uh there's a lot to talk about uh but before we get to the hard hitting stuff i would like to uh, establish a little bit i did a tiny bit of research uh folks that listen to this podcast know this is a uh, starfinder homebrew podcast Mm -hmm. so um definitely a fan of pathfinder but uh i did go to see like what sort of things you did or have done for Starfinder, mm-hmm. and it looks like you're mostly Pathfinder, correct?
1: Yeah, un- unfortunately, uh, <laughs> that's just sort of what I fell into. Um, sure. I've played. Ah, uh, boy, I keep telling myself uh, next time's going to be different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get involved in something that's not, you know, sword and sorcery fantasy RPG. Sure. Um, but it can be difficult to find some of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, whenever I run stuff, I, I very rarely run uh fantasy rpg anymore um and i've played some starfinder and i've enjoyed it mm. uh but mostly mostly like organized play stuff at conventions when i've had a chance to slip away from my you know sure. actual job duties and, and just play some some op i've got some i've got a uh, a soki uh i don't think the <laughs> this is embarrassing the class is an engineer right it's like Mechanic. Mechanic, yeah, that's yep. the one. Yeah, I've got a, to... a little Yusuke mechanic that I that's... just love to death. But...
0: Very and cool.
1: So Because I haven't played enough, you mm-hmm. know, I haven't played enough to feel comfortable doing a lot of writing for Starfinder. So unfortunately, I don't have any Starfinder credits.
0: Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, so uh, shout out to the Pathfinder wiki for uh, being accurate. <laughs> and... <laughs> um... well, yeah, well, the wiki doesn't tell you about the stuff that gets cut, so... Oh wow! Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, so so, when but, did you start? Is, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're fine. Uh, so you know, uh, scrolling all the way back, when did you first get into uh, TTRPGs? What was your first game? What what what's your genesis or your uh, your journey like? Uh, getting from there to here.
1: Right. Um, so I feel like it's important to not undersell it a little bit. Uh, like I think a lot of people, their first, first thing is, mm. you know, just plain pretend as a kid, right? Of course, um, yeah. With, you know, very rules light system that, but, uh, <laughs> and like as a kid, you know, there's some of that, but also like my older siblings would like find little, like play plays, I don't even know where they got them. There must've been like library books with like short five minute plays for kids or something. Cause like my older siblings would, want to put on plays and so i'd you know get involved in that Mm. um my first actual tabletop rpg though uh i was probably somewhere in the like 9 to 12 region uh Mm. my older oldest sister's uh boyfriend at the time was really into tabletop rpgs and she was as well and so like there was a short-lived uh Palladium campaign mm-hmm. that I uh-huh. played uh, played with uh, my older sister's boyfriend at the time, and her, and I think a few other people, um, and yeah, that was really my first kind of exposure to it. And and you know, playing like Palladium or Rifts is a very <laughs> it's a very interesting uh, start to the genre
0: because uh, would it be fair to say that they're kind of gonzo? Hey everyone, uh, four minutes into this uh, conversation, I already need to make a editor's note. Gonzo, uh, I thought <laughs> I thought Brian meant uh, as in it is gone, like you know, cool people say Gonzo, not Gonzo's and nuts. So what what follows is me kind of putting my foot in my mouth, and I apologize. Uh, I think that I think so. Uh, Yeah. When uh, I, I've only been playing, I think I've been playing seven years total, but my first, um, I started out playing uh, organized play, but the first home group home game I had, uh, they were very seasoned players and like, Mm -hmm. it was like um, a punchline about how palladium, how difficult palladium was and how thankful that we're playing this system rather than that and they used to tell me horror stories and i'm like oh wow yeah i never want to play those games i'll never play those games and i i never have and it's nothing against right. them but like uh very i i belong to a fair few different friend groups and like i i haven't heard a, a shining uh endorsement for palladium or to dive into it mm. uh, but yeah i haven't heard anything out of it outside of just campfire tales basically at this point right. well
1: well i don't have any horror stories like i'm not going to get into i haven't played it in so long that i wouldn't sure if you feel comfortable critiquing the rules anyway of course but, uh what i do just remember is it was just very when i said gonzo earlier i really like it felt very loose very rule of cool oh okay it was yeah um like it's it seemed like, f- one thing that I remember, and, mm-hmm. and, again, and again, it's been so long, maybe we were playing it wrong, but I don't think so because, like, my sister was late high school, early college, and her boyfriend at the time was really into it, so I presume he steered me correctly. But I remember the first character I rolled up was uh, was an orc, and the system was, I think it was 3D6, but it was 3D6 with exploding dice up to 66, I think. Ooh. And so, if you got, if you know, if you rolled all sixes on a stat, you got to roll another die and add that. And you could do that up to six dice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I was rolling up this orc fighter, and luck would have it, my very first character, I got exploding dice on his strength stat. And so, I had, I think at the end of it, I had 26 strength (laughs) in this orc, um, which, you know, kind of will will break any system right but that's kind of what i meant earlier when i was saying like it it was it was not designed it it didn't feel like it was supposed to be very uh like tightly controlled rails of balance um because you know they're, they're, they're letting you roll up a character and just if you happen to get lucky your you know stats in one particular stat might just go completely off the rails sure so Gotcha. And so, you know, as a kid, it, it, in, in some ways, I really appreciated that being my first RPG because I was able to, um, I think it really drove home the idea of, oh, anything can happen, mm-hmm. right? In a way that a lot of, you know, more constrained media, books and movies, obviously, but even, you know, video games, yep. uh, in ways that those media don't create that same feeling. And one of the reasons... If not the reason, I think that you know tabletop RPGs are so popular to this day. Just that absolute sense of freedom, and so yeah, jumping into Palladium for my first game was was really eye opening. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, it's it's it, it, that first character. It just it just felt like oh anything could happen. Because if this yeah. could happen to me on my first play, who knows what you know the other character, the other players will have happen with their characters, and who knows what you know what might exist in the
0: world that these characters are about to to enter anything, anything goes really. Yeah. Just that idea that like, I got very lucky rolling this. There's Mm -hmm. no telling just, just, uh, just knowing, I mean, you don't need to be a statistic genius to know like, Oh, if I rolled, you know, I will never have this character again. If I, if you play it like this, like it will always be different. And that's, that's huge. That is a great introduction to it because like you said, you know, media, Uh, video games love to say, you can go anywhere in this world and do anything. Well, no, I can't. Uh, Literally, I can't. Uh, But Mm -hmm. with these, yeah, uh, the only restriction is uh, your imagination and uh, the patience of (laughs) your friends playing with you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: Yep, yep. And another another thing I liked about it was uh, the fact that each... Like each job was just completely different, if I recall. Like the the, I think it had a sort of class. It had a class system, but it wasn't like a unified design. If I recall correctly, it was like each class had its own like set of mechanics going on. I should probably stop talking about it. I haven't looked at the rules in so long that I'm probably like half half of these memories are like you know manufactured in my own brain in the ensuing years. But sure, yeah, I just. I just remember that like there was so much variety in what yeah. characters could do between the classes that that is what i do know for sure
0: awesome i, I i'm very jealous of all the people that got to play at such mm-hmm. a young age i'm 33 so i didn't i didn't i knew about it of course uh right. as i said in other conversations like that was kind of like uh my friend group like that was the taboo that was the line where you know you can quote star wars and star trek all day long but all the right. D people the it was, it was always D and D people. Uh, right. but like, you know, once we crossed that line, um, like there was always like this thing, like, we don't want to go too far. Like, you know, we're, we're all, um, we're, we're all, uh, gamer teens. Like if we go that step further, so I didn't get to fall into it until I was 25, 26. And, uh, oh, okay. Boy, have I made up for lost time! Um, but I'm always, I'm always just yeah. like hearing, like I was playing pretend with my brothers. You know, we had action figures. We'd pretend yeah. we were, you know, Power Rangers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that's right. That's a good point. Like you know, formal tabletop introduction is one thing. Like we spend our very formative years play pretend all the time. So that's yeah. that's a good thing. So uh, you started early been playing ever since did you ever have like a like a a falling out where like you said i've known some people who like you know they played when they were young Mm -hmm. then like the line uh certain groups is like oh you know i i want to get a girlfriend so i can't play this sort of thing (laughs) have you been playing ever since you were nine years old
1: um well so that campaign was kind of short-lived and like after that a lot of it was like magic the gathering stuff which isn't (laughs) role playing but in some ways, it's kind of like high level, like, like overview. Like, you're creating, like, if you create a themed deck, you're like, you're telling us, unless you're doing the min max thing, which I never did, I would play, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would play, uh, I played the worst decks. Everyone else was like shooting for, like, victory in four turns. And I was like, I'm going to put up walls. And then I'm going to put up, (laughs) I'm going to put up things that can tap to deal one damage to attacking or blocking creatures. Sure. And just like, you know, silly things like that. Um, but no, uh, so we're about the same age. Um, so, so like, this would be, uh, this would have been like early two thousands. Um, and so I'd enjoyed the like exposure that I'd gotten, uh, with my older sister's boyfriend, but, um, it kind of, uh, basically, I asked for the, uh, I think it was, huh, I could go look, it's over on a bookshelf, but I think uh, <laughs> the 3.5 uh, path uh, D&D uh, box set mm-hmm. for like Christmas one year, and I got it. And so I would, you know, do the the stereotypical high school thing with my nerdy high school friends, where, you know, once a month, maybe we'd be able to get everyone to commit to a eight to 10 hour mm-hmm. just slog of, of, of role-playing games. And, you know, I was GMing and, and the games weren't great, but, the, you know, being with your friends <laughs> is, uh, yeah. when I, when I got to university, um, it wasn't so much that I like stopped as there's so much cool stuff to do in college, sure. uh, that I partook in that stuff, <laughs> a lot um and so i didn't like seek out a group um and so i wasn't playing for at least most of my college years uh what i what i was doing instead was uh doing uh i guess technically live action role playing because i was in uh i was playing humans versus zombies and like running that Mm -hmm. um are you familiar with that game yeah i am yeah yeah so so i was doing that for uh you know, four years, uh, while I was in college. Um, but then like right at the tail end or it might've been after it might've been when I was getting my, it was right at the tail end. Uh, I had a friend who was like, Hey, I want to put together a, a role playing game, uh, with you and a couple other people in this cool game called Pathfinder. And I was <laughs> like, all right. And this would have yeah. been when Pathfinder was basically brand new. um, and so, yeah, and it kind of reignited. Like I was like, oh yeah, there's a reason I loved doing this stuff, you know, back in the day. Especially mm-hmm. being able to go back to it, you know, as an as an adult with a much more uh, developed sense of like narrative flow and structure. Um, because, in my opinion, those those are the best games where everyone is able to like see both the narrative. And the meta-narrative that's being told around the table. And they're able to make decisions not just based on what would my character do, based on, you know, the background they wrote in their character sheet, but also what are the arcs that we've baked, like because cause that's how I role play now is like, you know, session zero, we're sitting around a table. And even if it's not explicitly stated, because sometimes that can ruin a little bit of the magic, right? Because mm-hmm. A little bit of miscommunication about what the story arcs and what the plot beats are going to be can be helpful in creating some of that tension organically but yeah like we sit around and it's like as we're building character ideas together and putting those pieces together even if we have secrets like that people at the table don't know we can still see what sort of character progression arcs are possible and we and since we're aware of that, when we're playing later, we can make decisions not only based on what's plausible for my character to do based on their like personality and the situation they're they're in, but also what can I do to create drama, to create attention, to <laughs> create to not not drama in the sense of like uh, like just arbitrary not not like table drama but yes what can i do to create a compelling narrative that everyone's invested in that collaborative
0: storytelling we're all searching for yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly and that's that's how i play now um where it's not about min maxing it's not about like you know creating you know really overpowered characters or or you know the the the, the badass power fantasies that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I had, oh God, I was so, I had a DMPC. Of course I did when I was like 13. I like the worst <laughs> stuff, right? Uh, yep. You know, he had two swords. I think they were different elements, like, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, falls oh, yeah. side. and now it's like, you know, if I'll, I will, I will intentionally like put my character into a compromising like situation or uh, give them a very like, uh, a very a significant weakness mm-hmm. if that's going to make for a better story. Like I'm not attached to this character's success. I'm attached mm-hmm. to this character as a narrative entity. And yeah. I'm trying to create the most interesting story with them and the other characters in the game as I can. And so, yeah, that was that was, you know, university. And that awoke, I was like, oh, yeah, I really like doing this. And so I started, you know, running... I've run a few campaigns since then. Most veer into like the year, year and a half territory. Um, and yeah, I started branching out into other uh, systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I play a lot of... <laughs> one of my favorite things to do when we have in-person PaizoCon is I uh, I haven't run a... Uh, I run lots of games at PaizoCon, but I have mm-hmm. never once run a uh, a Pathfinder or starfinder game at PaizoCon. I sneak other games into there uh, <laughs> just for the variety you know yeah yep so
0: cool uh so so what was the progression then uh you are a uh, software architect for Paizo. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you again Pathfinder wiki uh what were you in were you in university studying software IT mm-hmm um so you're playing games logical progression get your foot in the door at paizo what is is there a fun story right. there
1: uh so when i was in college i was putting together my course load and i my original plan when i came in as a freshman was i'm gonna double major mm-hmm. in and computer science and audio engineering and in terms of credit hours, that was a strain but doable. Uh, the real kicker came when I was scheduling for sophomore year, and I realized there was actually no way to take two classes that I would need that I had to take sophomore year. There would be no way to actually take those classes because they were scheduled at the same time. Oh and and like, I think I checked the historical date I confirmed like they weren't going to move the like position like there was no there was no way for me to make that work. so I'm like, okay, yeah. well. And I, I can't remember why I chose what I did, but I decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to get this audio engineering degree and I'm going to get uh, two computer minors instead because I've already put in some of the work and I can knock out two minors, no problem. Uh, so I did that. Uh, and then uh, I came out of college kind of at the right uh, right mid-swing of the uh, of the recession, the 20, 2008 recession. So, yep. uh, and uh, I was like in a relationship at the time. And so it was like, and they needed like an extra, uh, couple of years cause they'd like changed their major. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll, uh, I'll just, I'm not going to try to find a job in this economy. I'll just, I'll just, you know, stay in and, and get a master's degree. Um, and so I did that and got my master's degree in, uh, in basically web development. It was kind mm-hmm. of an interesting program. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so basically, my focus was on uh, web systems, computer security, and and infrastructure, essentially. Um, and so, after that, um, I moved out to Washington uh, and started, you know, just doing because you know there were tech jobs out here. Um, and and while I really enjoy doing audio engineering, the kinds of jobs some of some of the jobs that exist for that kind of a degree are 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 in terms of lifestyle not like there's a lot of gig work it's a lot of like finding your next job in in many cases unless you can lock down like a studio yeah uh, thing and so so i i I kind of figured go for the stable employment that pays better and i can do (laughs) audio stuff on the side so but that got me out to washington Um, out to Seattle. And so I started working at a, uh, you know, just a, a business to business integration, you know, just a, you know, boring, uh, a boring place that was, you know, the people were pleasant and it wasn't a lot of like stress. Um, and it was a decent paycheck, but it
0: wasn't engaging me. It wasn't exciting. Um, you wanted the stable thing and you got, the too stable thing so you got yeah. exactly what you were kind of uh, yeah. what you asked for okay yeah yeah it was
1: it was one of those things where it was just this behemoth of a company that had like purchased up a bunch of other companies all over the world and so mm-hmm. it was just too and because like I told you about like my educational background um yeah. like that's a weird pedigree to have <laughs> if you're trying to like jump up the, you know, if you're trying to like advance a career in software, mo- most places they want, you know, a four year CS degree from a good school. And like, they want, and like, and you know, they want people who are coming out of university with that. And, you know, and then the common thing to do in Seattle is like, you know, work for Microsoft or Amazon yeah. or, uh, uh, what's the, like Boeing, you know, work for one of those big giants, you know, get a couple years experience and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have the like I, I I didn't have the, or at least I didn't think I had the educational background to really make that uh that plan work for me. So, you know, I, you know, slipped my foot in the door at this, you know, other company and it got to the point where I was just tired of not feeling like I was making a difference or not feeling like I was able to creatively uh, do my work it was all kind of very rote so sure. at that point i was just looking around and i had been in the habit of like every couple of years just poking around Piso's job board just oh, okay to see what yep. was
0: available sure
1: and uh yeah and so like you know at this job i was like depressed i'm like it's time to get out and because i'm comfortable here now is the time to look right because yeah. i can interview without having to care
0: yeah. about whether they say no, and that's yeah. a great
1: position to be in.
0: Exactly, yeah, you go in with that safety net, like, okay, but it's yeah. not, like, you know, devastating. Right. So good. Protect so, yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah, so so I, so, uh, you know, this was in uh, late 2017 that I, you know, interviewed at PISO mm-hmm. for uh, I don't even remember, or I think it was just a software developer was the role. Um, and, you know, interview, got hired, uh, got brought in. My first task was to implement the, uh, massive site overhaul that, uh, dropped in early 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I worked with a very, uh, with a very talented designer on that. Um, and we know we made the changes and basically over the years, what started happening was I started looking at process, um, because in, in a number of ways, uh in a number of ways Paizo is a technology company but it doesn't it hasn't necessarily always treated itself that way. Um Can
0: you give an example?
1: Sure. So Piezo, uh basically for historically anyway, I, you know things have been changing, but uh, historically Piezo has um kind of built everything themselves from the ground up uh because it started out paizo you started out selling you know magazines with the dragon dungeon and dragon licenses um and so my understanding is that the first iteration of the website was essentially someone who went wouldn't it be better if instead of having to like find someone to like a temporary worker for the times of the year when, you, you know, magazines, you get those, you flip them open on a certain month and there'd be the card to like. Renew oh yes. Scripture. I remember the cards. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, you know, we, instead of like either turning some, a full-time employee's life into a living nightmare, you mm-hmm. know, for a couple months out of the year, or instead of hiring a temporary employee and then letting them go after all the cards are in wouldn't it be better if we just set up a website where people could just log in and renew their subscription online and that was the start and if you go on a, like the wayback machine and go to pasta.com on the wayback machine you can see those like earliest examples of the website and it is tiny like it is tiny it has a really busy like background um it's it's very you know early 2000s yeah um <laughs> And so, but basically everything else has, I just wanted to lay that groundwork because that's like the core of where it all started. Yeah. And everything else has been built up on top of that. And so, and Paizo has their own warehousing system, their own payment processing system, their own, uh, website, obviously their own website management, uh, you know, content management system underneath that, um, they have their own. Basically anything you you name it, it was written in house. And for a large chunk of Paizo's history, the software team was essentially three people or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that can sort of work for a time when it's greenfield development and everything's brand new and you're just yeah. building new things and all and none of the old stuff breaks. Like none of the old stuff is broken because you just wrote it. It's all it's all. It's all, you know, still working just fine. Um, but you, you know, you're, you're in the business for 20 years cause you know, that, that's, not, it was about 15, I guess, when I started and that you start to notice that you've accumulated a lot of technical debt. Oh, um, And so, so, you know, you're running on older servers than you really probably should be. You're running on older software than you really probably should be. Um, and it's not like a, it's not a it's not a case of where, like um, it was like a security issue. It wasn't that, but it was things are more brittle, and it takes longer to fix them because of that, especially if you're running you know, a small crew. Uh, so I was part of a wave of employees per uh, um, who were hired. You know in that sort of time frame to expand the team up to a more reasonable size for you know a company of, of paizo's size yeah because paizo has and been
0: continually growing like the, right. the the three-person team with the the at the time top of the or you know okay serviceable gear you know I mean, I, I don't, I don't have like a a graph of Paizo's growth, but like from what I have witnessed in the last five or six years, Mm -hmm. it's just been climbing and climbing. And obviously, yes, you can, you can revamp stories and and I, and I love all the developers and writers. Like I am a very big Paizo fan, but like, you know, an aspect of the company is absolutely the software me logging in to see if uh, the next AP is shipped. Um, you know, (laughs) me, uh, Uh, Mm -hmm. checking my uh, Starfinder credit society credits. Yep. So you were that wave that revamped, revolutionized, just trying to keep up with (laughs) the increased demand. Well, yeah. So basically, um,
1: yeah, there had been a few different strategies. Try like, like this wasn't, it wasn't as though we were the first kind of iteration of that. There were some attempts to, uh, different strategies attempted to kind of uh fix things up in the past um but they hadn't worked out as well as the company had hoped and so but uh anyway after that like initial first project um i kind of found myself settling into uh kind of a systems role where the tasks i would take for myself largely because like other people were either too busy or weren't interested were things like. Cleaning up our processes, like how we how the tech team does things behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, things like um, updating outdated infrastructure and and modernizing it and making it more stable and more dependable. Uh, and so, like it's it's still a small team, and uh, we're too busy and there's too much to do for anybody to have like super strictly defined like roles or, or things that they do. Um, And so, like, for a large chunk of time, I was assisting, uh, we only had one sysadmin at the time, and because we do all our own, uh, like, in-house IT as well, for a lot of creative people that really, really need to have the computers working, um, (laughs) one sysadmin slash IT wasn't enough, and so we were in the process of acquiring another, but there was a good six to eight months where I was just, about 50% of the time, I was helping uh our existing sysadmin and and she's fantastic um but we were also in a situation where she had been hired and then the pre to help the previous sysadmin and then the previous sysadmin had left within i want to say four months maybe six months oh wow so so we had you know we, we we had 15 20 years of of stuff and there was documentation on a lot of it um but sometimes you don't know where the documentation is. So it was, it was a lot of that period of time for me was, it was actually, it was kind of exciting. Like, it's a little bit like forensics, like a little bit of like, archae- Oh yeah. Archaeology, like, you know, <laughs> digging through old systems and figuring out what these things are doing and how and documenting that stuff, figuring out what's on its, like what, what the prioritization list is for, for upgrading all this stuff. And so, so I kind of started to acquire all of these hats that really weren't software development directly. I was acquired like, um, right now I'm the person who uh knows the most about and generally manages our, our database. Mm-hmm. Um so I picked up, you know, database administrator. And uh I looked at our our build process and our build process was really uh was 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 slow enough to the point where it was putting kind of a bottleneck in our quality assurance department. Like they, they couldn't build things as quickly as they'd like to be able to iterate on, on solving an issue as quickly as they needed to. So, you know, I I rebuilt our build system so that instead of taking, you know, X amount of time, it would take one eighth of that. Um, and so like that sort of, so I started like kind of bringing in all of those responsibilities, um, to the point where, uh, eventually like most of my job is looking at what our needs are into the future and designing what the systems that can handle those needs should look like based around what we have now and what we need to have in the future and figuring out what the roadmap is to get from one place to the other. And so um, at, you know, at some point I you know was doing like performance review time and I was talking to my boss, I'm like, <laughs> Hey, uh, like, cause I, I still, I still open tickets and I still write code, but it's not like my, it, they aren't my, that's not my primary like job at this point. And so it was like, Hey, software architect makes sense. And she was like, yeah, let me see if I can like make that happen. And nice. here we are.
0: So, so, uh, so after that time doing the, the, the big company, one tiny cog in a big machine kind of wrote stuff, uh, the, as you, as you called it before then mm-hmm. having to do this, like, uh, pioneer cleaning up sort mm-hmm. of thing uh and then making it your own and now you're you turn roadmap using that to like see where you have to go staying on top of trends and staying on top of everything mm-hmm. that sounds pretty pretty damn exciting um yeah it's it's infinitely more like creatively fulfilling um, awesome
1: And it's and like we're very flat, uh, our department anyway. uh, Technology is super flat. We have our director of technology and then it's everyone else. So it's not. um, (laughs) So like a worry of, oh, I I think a worry in general when at least people in software here, like software architect is like some like, uh, some like out of touch person in an office from on high, (laughs) like scribbling out documents and then just sending them off to be like implemented without any sort of. Uh, stake in the game, sure, Um, but we're really flat. So that's not really how that works. Um, And so a lot of my job is also like communication with people in my department, people in other departments, uh, gathering requirements, clarifying requirements, and kind of synthesizing all of that down into a set of specifications and then getting buy-in from everybody on that to make sure that I got it right. Um, And then, you know, and then the process of actually building that out begins. Um, And for the most part, uh, I think we've been doing a good job in the direction we've gone with the new things. For the most part, I think there's still, there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of frustrations people have on the forum. Uh, Every so often it's fun. You'll get a message like in the website feedback section of the forum. Mm -hmm. Somebody's like, this thing is terrible. And it's like, (laughs) Yeah, yeah we, like, it. No, That's not... <laughs> no, nobody knows that more than us, uh, yes. you know, or w- with regard to a specific thing, like w- we're aware it is items, you know, 76 on our list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of fascinating and frustrating at the same time about software, especially public facing software, is that in a lot of ways, the annoying things that face users are not actually the most important things. Like our prioritization list is, you know, at the top are legal requirements. Oh, so like, of course. You know, when GRP GD, uh, dropped a couple of years ago or when changes to or you know, when uh, Great Britain left the EU and all the tax law changed. Oh wow. Um, or Australia changes how their how their VAT works. Like that stuff's all like legal stuff that we have to get in, mm-hmm. um, and so that takes priority. Um, but but, and, but you, it, tell, right. you tell you yeah, tell someone
0: yeah. who spends their afternoons in the forums that
1: yeah yeah well yeah well there's that stuff and then there's also like internal things like if the finance department needs to be able to. You know collate records in a particular way for compliance reasons that's pretty darn that's pretty darn close to a legal requirement so yeah that gets jumped to the head of the queue of course uh and um and then there's you know just the general stability like if we have to do a thing so that we can make other improvements later or work faster or you know not put off maintenance on a server until it collapses and causes a bigger problem that stuff also takes priority um and so, like, and then, and then at that point, it's like, in in ranked order of like, biggest hassle to the most number of users, like that's that's when we get to those um, items. And unfortunately, that does mean that like things are not as quick, sure. the visible, especially the visible things, because most of the things, the the first three categories I just talked about, most of that stuff nobody ever even sees, um, but. Every so often, we we try to make sure that we're at least including some quality of life improvements most, That's good. most yeah, yeah. releases because yep. we want people to see those that progress, even if they can't see a lot of what we do.
0: Exactly, and that kind of protects you from a forum post later on saying, like, we never see you post anything about anything. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because... Uh, frankly legal is none of your business. Um, right. you know it's like yeah. the, things are be so to have that like okay, here's a list of things we did and also we so cool that's good and that's yeah. a, a that 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 feels like a very tight rope to have to deal with especially with right. uh, dealing with people who 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 spend money on the thing and I can't access my thing.
1: Right, you know, you, oh yeah, exactly. And those are those <laughs> are serious. Like that, that those are our number one issues. Like, yeah, if somebody like there are some tickets about uh, like fixing some formatting issues on the forums, and that is definitely like a major hassle for people. But yeah, like if somebody has an issue where I can't access the thing that I purchased from you, mm-hmm. like, that's a way higher priority because um, we have to, you know, anything that has to do with people giving us money and us yes. giving them products has exactly. to work. Yes. Uh, And so all of that stuff gets rushed, Um, not rushed, but, you know, accelerated to the front of the queue. Of course. Obviously, we test it. Um, And so, yeah. uh, um, Another thing is that um, or sometimes, you know, there there are things that are part of the company's brand, like things about how we how we handle uh, how we handle things for customers is in many ways like kind of a pillar of of paizo's existence mm-hmm. uh of, of how people think about the company like good customer service um
0: i mean so like you know i don't want to jump the gun but i mean <laughs> a, a lot of this happened because yes. of the treatment right. around the, the 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 way uh the 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 giant pedestal which is rightfully earned of yeah. how uh how we as customers interact mm-hmm. with the company so no 100 yeah. that makes that makes perfect sense to me and you mm-hmm. are every uh every bit a part of that
1: yeah yeah i mean it's it's actually kind of ludicrous thinking about that in no other company that i've ever heard of would uh w- would a a shake-up if you will in the in mm-hmm. the in the customer service department yes most, like, like the, the, I'm not going to say I have no idea what the stats are, but, like, the stereotype of that is that, like, it's farmed out to call centers and you're mm-hmm. off a script. And none of that is, like, like, a lot of how we've operated at Paizo for the last 20 years is really trying to make sure that customers are taken care of, even when we're, like, you know, because you know, everyone who talks about tabletop RPGs don't make a lot of money. But, like, even when we like make a mistake or we're backlogged or something goes wrong, like kind of an overriding feature of we will change up how we process, like how we Mm -hmm. do things to make sure that customers are being treated well. And so a lot of that is baked into the website too. Like customers expect that when they put together an order, we will search every possible shipping method that we have available and we will check like any possible time frame, all of the carriers, any set of packing, like pack, just, just a packing question is like a, a difficult problem to solve. Like how do you pack things into boxes? Uh, and then when you're comparing that against, how do you pack them into boxes? Cause we plan like that's all planned out on a technological basis. Mm-hmm. And then, we have to cross-reference that and you know, generate all these permutations of okay, if we pack it this way and then ship it with this carrier using this thing versus you know, you know a couple hundred other permutations. Which one is the cheapest? Which one gets it to them fastest? What options should we show you for shipping to make sure that you're getting the best deal that we can? Because uh, we calculate all of that. Uh, that's intention- all you. It, it's yeah, it's intentional. Like we're not doing any sort of like uh you know, tiered system where, you know, okay, anybody in the US, it's this much per mm-hmm. pound. And it like we and and we just like charge enough to cover it and like you no, know, we we say this is how much it costs to get to you, and then here's our like handling so we can pay the folks in the warehouse who yes. actually box up and send it. Uh but we put in all that effort and we like added the the side cart feature, which is basically you wanna buy this thing, but you have a subscription? Well, to save you money, you can just put it in your side cart. And then when your subscription goes, we'll charge that as well. Yeah. And, and there's also like a focus on like doing the right thing. Like you're supposed to, according to like card carrier contracts, a card carrier, um, like credit card uh, provider contracts, you're supposed to charge for a an item if shipping is imminent and a lot of places will kind of play fast and loose with that rule Mm -hmm. um so they'll charge you immediately even if it doesn't ship for two weeks and then you have to like you know if if you decide oh well if it's not going to ship i don't want it you have to like get a refund and all that stuff and we follow that rule actually strictly so we don't charge until we're ready to ship it yep um And so that is, you know, it's, it's things like that. And so like, you know, sometimes in the forum, it'll be like, why don't you just use this like off the shelf solution? And (laughs) do you have any idea how much effort it would like, not that that's not a, that the idea is not preposterous. We we look into that, but like, it would be a lot of, we would have to bake a lot of our special sauce. We have to, we'd have to modify anything off the shelf pretty significantly to retain the features that customers, uh, our, both know and appreciate that we give to them. So like, we're, we're working on things uh, of as quickly oh, yes. as we can. And, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and
0: I just want to say, like, uh, as an example, like we are in a time when shipping is precarious uh disastrous uh not 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 at all to do with like paizo specifically just in general uh yeah like imagine like you know i was expecting an ap here when i you know when i signed up for this subscription like okay and then i don't get charged like i i can i'm patient i have plenty of other things i need and want to read so like it's not like i'm chomping at the bit too much but like Mm -hmm. imagine just thinking of um uh, those people like, you know, you charged me here. When am I getting it here? Like completely oblivious or uh, uncaring right. to the fact that it, you aren't holding it hostage
1: right.
0: physically in the meat space. It is impossible to get you this in this way. And I think it's kind of paid off in your maybe I don't I don't know other businesses, to be honest. So like right. uh, those people that like charge it immediately they're having yeah. to just on top of everything a deluge of uh it's been 17 days since i was charged mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that and, kind of yeah. stuff
1: yeah i'm dealing with, yeah cuz i'm yeah i've got okay, examples i'm dealing with that right now i ordered something and i got a tracking number and i mm-hmm. had no idea where it was coming from it turns out it's in china and it turns out <laughs> that the tracking status is Uh, we have no idea when a boat's going to be here that can get into port and pick this up. And I've already, I've already, you know, been charged a couple hundred bucks for it. And I have no idea when I'll see it. And right now my decision is, do I just wait this out or what? Um, I bought a couch pretty recently and the same thing happened. I didn't know where it was coming from. Turned out, it was coming from China and Mm -hmm. it took, I think six months for it to arrive. Mm Um, but yeah, like we've we've uh, it's no secret that Paizo has missed uh, shipping, like expected shipping dates, sure. simply because uh, in some cases it had even made it here, but the the customs backlog uh, yes. was so yep. was so big at the port um, that it's like it'll be released when it's released, and we bump back the the, uh, the the shipping date for that product, and we don't charge anybody until it ships. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's frustrating. I'm sure like to be sure to not be able to get your books, but at the very least, you know, as if you've earmarked that money and tucked it away in your account, you know, not to spend it. Like at the very least, we're not like holding that, that hostage. We'll get, we'll get them. We'll get the
0: products to you as quickly as we possibly can. Yep. So um, I'm going to kind of cycle real quick. Uh, If we happen to go longer than an hour and a half, are you good? Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah that's all right i i do realize i've i've kind of waxed on about a lot of stuff that isn't related to the uh
1: the primary topic of this conversation but
0: very very true but like this is a side like i've had jason tondro on here i've had uh alex algonis i I, i've had you know i'm just i'm just a little homebrew podcast not a big deal but like i've gotten to know people and like i hear the the side from the creatives um Mm -hmm. it's honestly uh uh very cool to me uh that i get to hear this aspect of it because like i'm not in the tech industry at all um but like you know hearing hearing all the work that you put into it how everything is connected it's it's Mm -hmm. good honestly to be able to get this perspective so um and and to be frank if
1: you had if you had uh jake tondra on here mm um there is nobody who could walk you through uh like the crux of the the upw oh uh so at all like there's no one who could do it better for you than jake tondro he's just absolutely Uh, fantastic
0: absolutely uh we actually had him on the show last year uh uh i haven't had him i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to him again uh to see if (laughs) he wants to come back on and talk about this but no we had him on uh when he was uh promoting fly for Your die and it was mm-hmm. very much in my wheelhouse i'm like hey you wanna he, he made like a comment about like i'll do your podcast and i'm like shot my shot and he showed up he played uh mm-hmm. he played a session with us uh with our party oh, uh wow. and then we talked about fly for Your die we talked about uh getting into the business uh get, getting into the uh uh industry rather and it yeah. was a great chat he is a a fountain of knowledge. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of his work. Uh I listen to his other stuff. He's he's great. But you and know, such I'm a ge- such a generous person. He really time is. Yeah, i'm in knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. So I I've been hesitant to reach out to him and I'm hesitant to like shoot my shot to everyone right now cuz people want to get the word out on this. And I think that's mm-hmm. where we're going to shift this conversation is like uh, uh all right. People, Let's get into the tough stuff. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, I wanted to, you know, what platform I have offer it up because I'm, I, I pay money. I put a lot of time and energy into these games mm-hmm. because I love them. Uh, but like, you know, this is my time to, you know, give someone a platform to talk and, you know, getting the software architect for Paizo, a a, a megaphone to talk about what work you're putting in. Mm-hmm. We'll do it all the time. So, yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into it. We've talked about in previous, um, conversations about what's going on i had dairy from uh dice will who uh his was a very big uh uh proponent of the uh paizo accountability like you know mm-hmm. they were they were they were in it so um in your own words if you'd like to give a, a summary of uh where things are at now how things got here uh i'll shut right. up for a bit and i'll just let you give your bit Uh, sure um so with
1: regards to uh the the united paizo workers movement Mm -hmm. um an organization effort uh, at this point in time we are currently waiting on a response from the paizo executive team Mm -hmm. regarding our request that they uh voluntarily recognize uh our union as the um representatives Bargaining representatives for uh, 50 employees or approximately 50 employees uh, Mm -hmm. at Paizo. Um, Paizo is, uh, this is public, yeah. Um, Paizo is approximately 80 employees currently. Uh, I'm just trying to remember which things have been said publicly by the company that I can use. (laughs) Of course. Yes. yes. And yes, uh, I believe our PR manager shared that factoid on the forums in the last couple of days. So, yes. uh, Paizo is approximately 80 employees. Uh, the union's position is that 50 of those employees are union eligible, and so uh, when all of this dropped on October 14th, uh, we uh, the union sent a letter to the executive team saying, "Like, look, we believe that there are 50 employees that are eligible to be union uh, represented, mm-hmm. and we have a." We have uh we have 70 percent of those 50 employees who have signed union authorization cards permitting the union to act as their represented bargainer or mm-hmm. bargaining representative whichever of those words terms is correct <laughs> uh so you know and the letter said like our goal is to our goal is to work with you to restructure a lot of how the company works behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously there's uh, based on both like, there have been, there have been little snippets of it here and there over the years. And Mm -hmm. obviously with the, you know, massive uh, explosion of, of, of scrutiny in the, in the last month, like they were already clear and had publicly stated, like, we need to make some changes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, our approach from the start as the United Paizo workers was, yes, yes, we're in full agreement there. Here's a bunch of us. We would like the opportunity to help steer you in the yes. right direction. Uh, st- steer is, ac- is too strong. Um, but, but more like, like, you know, put another rudder in the water to help guide, you know, you've got your rudder. We would like our rudder and like together we'll get in the right direction.
0: Literally Um, in the same boat. Let us help. Let us row, you know? Yeah.
1: Because this, the people who work here are amazing. Like Mm -hmm. they are so many good hearted people, so many highly knowledgeable people, so many, uh, and, and it's and, and unfortunately, it's historically, not very many of those people have been listened to, even in their areas of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real tragedy because you know, part of part of what's interesting is that in a creative field like this, where uh, we're living in one of the more expensive cities, in the United States and Boy. <laughs> in many, in many cases, in many cases at the company wages are, are like, some of the stuff has been, some people have shared their wages, either former employees or current employees have shared their wages on like online on Twitter and stuff. So you can look that stuff up. I don't want to get into the specifics of other people's of stories, yeah. but like if you're in a creative industry uh, like Paizo and you're living somewhere really expensive and in a lot of cases, the pay isn't that great. What's interesting is that, the people you tend to have are the people who really love this stuff. Yes. Right? Because no one's at Paizo looking for a paycheck. Now I'm like I'm a software architect. I get paid better than most of the people at the company. I'm sure, possibly better than some of the managers. Um, but but every single person in the technology department is making far less than what they would be making doing comparable work, mm-hmm. uh, at another, um, location, but, uh, and basically any other technology, any, any, any dedicated technology company in the area. Yeah, Your, your so, peers
0: in your industry right. are far outstriping you. However, like where you're at within the company right. itself, you're not doing so terribly. So that, right, that's, right. A, that's, yeah, there's no, there's no shame there. It's just, yeah, yeah. you know, honesty of the industry.
1: Yeah. So across the board. So, so when I'm saying like, I'm not just talking about like, the The people who are making the, the, the truly uh, unfortunate way, like it's it's really, it's it's it's, it's heartbreaking to like yes. coworkers, people that you know, uh, people that you care about, people that you love, um, just not being able to make ends meet. Like yeah. I really, I really appreciate how a lot of people who work at Paizo, will moonlight as freelancers. It lets, Mm -hmm. I I do that. It lets, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a way for people who aren't, uh, in the, on the editorial side of things. It's a way for them to like flex their creativity. Cause most people who work at Paizo are, are into tabletop RPGs. And, and most of them are like, a lot of them are skilled, like, uh, skilled, uh, uh, contract freelance writers for Mm -hmm. um, Paizo products or other products. Um, And so that's really cool and really heartening, but there's sort of a dark side to it as well, which is that, you know, uh, like Jason, Jason in in interviews uh, recently has, has talked about like in his earliest days at Paizo, he needed freelance gigs so that he could eat. And, and that's, that's heartbreaking. And so And so I think that with the sudden departure of, of Sarah Marie and Diego uh, last month, it was everyone sort of got a sense of, Oh, my like position here is a lot more tenuous than I would like to think it is. Mm -hmm. And there's not, I think people finally, it's kind of like, kind of like what I said about like the technical debt way back, you know, a, a while ago where yeah. it sort of creeps up on you. And then suddenly you realize you're in over your head and you absolutely can't afford to ignore it anymore. And yes. I think that's what happened, uh, with, with Sarah Marie and Diego, because like in, in Washington, like legally, uh, like a company can't say why somebody, uh, was, was let go I'm not even sure they can say that they were let go uh I'm not sure sh- I'm not sure about that I it's, have to it's that a up.
0: very yeah it's a very interesting rule to hear uh the at will work uh, mm-hmm. uh, laws it's it's like and then you know uh, I live in Colorado uh, right. we aren't at will uh right. and to be honest when I heard that it's at will I'm like what's this and I, and I read about it I'm like that's yeah. terrifying like you know what you yeah. know, whatever people's opinion on unions are, Mm-hmm. Um, to to have zero protection—that's right. more terrifying than anything. Like just, just yeah, like just that. That li- your livelihood is at will. Like that's that's yeah. so dehumanizing. Even mm-hmm. just like um, I don't like the cut of your jib anymore. Yeah. You're out of here. Like yeah. that's, I get yeah. I get chills thinking about that because you know while yeah. I uh just full disclosure I work overnight in a supermarket stocking ice cream. Okay. and other frozen stuff so like i have a union to protect me if uh holidays are coming (laughs) the pandemic has been a wild ride Mm -hmm. uh it's it i i have been working more than i have in years uh because of that so like to to then i sit and think like my friends who work at like a walmart who don't have a union who can get dropped at the drop of a hat um if they have Extenuating circumstances. It doesn't matter. You are replaceable. Right. Like that yep. kind of that 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 like chills me. Mm-hmm. That uh and that 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 my friends, family, people I really care for. Uh and then then I hear that it's that way in the greatest city for TTRPGs. Like uh, yeah. uh to to paraphrase Jason tondra like if you want to get into gaming right not even paizo if you want to get into gaming seattle is kind of where you gotta be that's where it is um right at this point and it's it's a it's a not a pretty beast but it's mm-hmm. it's it's fact still yeah. and then to hear like these these creatives these artists are, <laughs> have this have this is their their their, their the way they live their, their livelihood their um, cranking out project after project just to make sure their lights stay on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has opened the eyes. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the book. There's a book that came out in the 1920s that talked mm-hmm. about... Uh, I think it was oh. called The Jungle, Ryan yeah. Sinclair? Yep, that's the one. I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. <laughs> this it, it's like
1: supposed this... to be about uh, yeah terrible working conditions, but everyone yes. just focused on the uh, disgusting uh,
0: health standards of, of the food being exactly. And yeah. this feels like another like when I was in eighth grade and I first read about that, I was mm-hmm. floored, uh, and I feel even more so because now at this point, I've dumped literally thousands of dollars and thousands right. of hours of my life and my soul into like these things right uh and it's just like like it's it's heartbreaking hearing these stories and um now you know you you're all banding together uh Mm -hmm. to do something about it and this feels uh after this past month it feels like uh there are some uh some there's some light (laughs) in this tunnel we're we're slogging through so um you said you had a meeting tonight um is there anything, uh, that we can like, uh, expect, has there been any movement? I know you're, I I guess, uh, -hmm. holding pattern waiting for the, uh, voluntary, uh, acknowledgement.
1: Right. Um, so let me think here. Uh, so,
0: It's fine if there's nothing yeah yeah, a, yeah, yeah there's um, there's, no, there's no shame at all also, I just thought when is this
1: when is this coming oh you said you were gonna try to get out immediately as yeah. yeah so um yeah there's nothing I can I can report right now of course, of um, course. I, I I we are basically we're 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 in planning mode mm-hmm. because like there will be something to announce in the near future we when sure. we sent them the uh when we sent them the initial the – when the exec team received the initial letter requesting mm-hmm. voluntary recognition, it included a, a deadline. Um, not in any sort of like punitive way, but just it was it was no. set for next it's Monday. Just, yeah. just to make sure like, yeah, like this is serious. You've got to like t- treat it seriously. And so, so by Monday, mm-hmm. we will at least be able to say what our next steps are. Okay. um because they could like 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 the deadline is 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 really more of a, a courtesy right and, and, a, mm-hmm. and a and a um and their response to it by that deadline is a, an an equal courtesy it's just a you know uh they could in theory if if, if 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 things were to proceed with a national labor relations board vote uh they could agree to voluntarily recognize you know seven seven weeks out right before the election like they could, Choose to do that, and if they did that, you know the UPW would accept because that's still less of a like less of an ordeal to go through than dragging out the entire uh, election process. So one way or another, we'll have an announcement to make at least by Monday about what the next steps are. Um, Right now, we're very much in a, and really we have been in some ways since the announcement is uh everything prior to that was was you know done in secrecy was planning 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 kind of a race against time to try to make sure that we got everything all our ducks in a row before you know something leaked and thankfully as far as we know nothing like as far as we know nobody had any idea this was coming until uh thursday morning Mm -hmm. uh when we announced um but now it's kind of the shoes on the other foot. So right now we're, we're shoring it. We're, you know, prepping like, here's what our steps are. If they say yes, here's what Mm -hmm. our steps are. If they say no, here are, you know, we're still trying to add people to the union because our goal is to rep, like in Washington, Washington is an, uh, uh, Washington is an at will state. Although if we get recognition uh, that will change will no longer be at will
0: that's Uh, awesome huge union
1: protected yeah huge um and that's and we get that kind of for free essentially Mm -hmm. um because the if we're recognized they have to negotiate with the union in good faith to determine what the policies become for how people are hired fired that sort of thing um but uh I think I might have lost my train of thought there. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so it's- uh,
1: oh, so Washington is uh, yeah. it is an at-will state, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but if we are recognized, then we then the UPW becomes the re- bargaining representative for all of those eligible employees, um, and so our goal is to represent all of them, even mm-hmm. the people who weren't like on board on board from the start, even the people who joined after the announcement. Um, it's tricky because you want everyone to be everyone to feel welcome and included. But mm-hmm. part of the practicalities of forming a union in a in an at-will state is that you have to be very, very careful about moving slowly, about speaking to co-workers and getting kind of a sense of where they are mm-hmm. prior to like telling them what you're doing. And that's really the scariest time of organizing. Like right now, right now we have, you know, 75 plus percent of eligible employees and we have a very public and incredibly well-received movement, including 40 plus freelancers who are engaging in a work stoppage on our behalf, unprompted. Like we're in such an extraordinarily fortunate position right now. And, you know, prior to any of that announcement stuff happening, it's, oh, if, you know, they discover what we're doing, they could just fire us all tomorrow for no reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there would be problems with them doing that. Like, any individual person is replaceable, but, you know, trying to (laughs) remove that many people would be quite a... uh, But, you know, you get rid of one or two, and that's a scary thing, and, you know, you can start to break a union that way. Um, Yeah. But you know, that's all speculation. That's not even speculation. I'm not even speaking specifically about Paizo, but in the moment when you're doing it, you kind of have to presume that if you don't do everything just right, the worst might happen. And and so it's really nothing to do with the specifics of, you know, the place you're working. It's ex- Yeah. It's yeah. A- that's,
0: yeah. That's not even Paizo specific. One of the reasons why I reached out to you um mm-hmm. was you've had, uh two or three rather lengthy twitter threads mm-hmm. just going in on the 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 practicalities of it the the logistics of you know mm-hmm. not even speculating you, you're just like here's what can happen here and i will definitely be and i've retweeted them several times and i'll put uh-huh. them in show notes so anyone Appreciate that it. of course um <laughs> I, i'm in this i don't have as much stake as uh actual yeah. employees but like I I chose Paizo over the other big one because of certain things and those certain things, uh, aren't being met anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the stuff that's come to light, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, the treatment, uh, these people who I consider friends, like, you know, uh, Jason Tondro, when I have a fly for your die game every Mm -hmm. other Thursday, uh, more often than not i'm like sending him at least one quick dm of like something crazy my my players did you know like oh, that's cool like uh, and they you you're, we're all the same people we're all nerds playing these games mm-hmm. so like to to see these people who are so damn cool be mistreated uh alex orgunas i i backed his kickstarter you know like mm-hmm. I, I, I i know he's alex. a He's great. Uh, he, yeah, he, he, apolog- books. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he apologized at the beginning of our chat about how, um, or he didn't really apologize, but he said like his, his, uh, introduction to Starfinder and where he jumped in on the, uh, the production of it was kind of different. So he had mm-hmm. a different kind of perspective and I'm like, no, that's cool. I love different perspectives, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, so definitely check out the Twitter threads, people that aren't following it as closely. Like Mm -hmm. everyone is being very super cool. Um, One thing I I do want to point out is uh, there's, and and early days, uh, once it started, I'm a kind of a knee jerk guy who likes to get his pot shots in. So Mm -hmm. uh, when, when things were popping off, I was like, I was feeling things and I voiced some of those feelings, nothing damning. Uh I didn't delete a single tweet, but like, uh, at this point uh going in on and attacking anybody isn't helping anyone right now Mm -hmm. and uh i i as attempting as it is i'm guilty of it um like you know keep the faith uh you know Mm -hmm. you know everyone's it's and and i do want to say like you are a freelancer so like uh like your identity in the 40 or whatever, like I'm not here for mm-hmm. that, but like just uh, any freelancers listening who organized this stuff, the uh, the work stoppage, I think that was the term you used, work stoppage?
1: Yeah. Most, not most, a Right. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's not a strike because they're it's, not a union. It's a work yes. stoppage. And it's also not like concerted on, on the part of, well, it's not a part, it's not on the behalf of all of them, right? Uh, yes. Most of them have been pretty public about it. However, okay. because... Uh, uh most of them have been pretty public about it because um I think largely because well one they wanted to support us but also because PISO already knows who they are because they're not <laughs> accepting work and not turning it in so yes. <laughs> so so a lot so 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 I, I'm 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 saying that mostly to say that if people are interested in hearing it uh directly from them a lot of them are on Twitter yes. so using the unionized PISO hashtag and mm-hmm. they're telling their stories about why they're why they individually as people are engaging in a, in a work stoppage or why they aren't taking additional uh um additional work or assignments mm-hmm. from Paizo. and it's really inspiring stuff so I, I encourage anybody who's interested in more about that side of things uh to get on twitter and check out the unionized piso hashtag because a lot of them are in there actively talking about yes what it is that led them individually as people to to, to engage in the work stoppage. And it's, it's fascinating stuff to read. It, and, we're, been, and, we're so, and we're so grateful. All, all the staff are so incredibly grateful that they, that they have given us so much support. It's, yes. it's, 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 it's unreal. I, I, I and I can't it's, it's put into real, words just how,
0: how yep. grateful we all are. It's a real wild story to to have heard like, Oh, we're doing this, and mm-hmm. uh so what you know me as just just general person in the world like oh cool they, they got together and like no they did this on their own uh it just like it and someone said today on uh twitter like it's not a strike we can like very definitively not a strike but mm-hmm. it gives mm-hmm. uh several uh uh effects that uh work as if it were a strike which is just like i i love that that ingenuity the people banding together it's very heartwarming in these dark times um and Mm -hmm. it's just been it's been a blast to be able to get this word out more um yeah and and hopefully and hopefully like
1: all that's happened so far is the announcement so hopefully we'll be able to you know come back with good news and we'll be able to start hopefully the 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 union will be able to start talking about the improvements that it's been able to negotiate like hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully in a year's time like obviously everything won't be fixed but hopefully in a year's time there'll be so much more than just this initial it's almost like this this part's just the optimism part and we yeah. still have all of the making things better part ahead of us and i'm really excited i hope we can get to that part soon
0: yeah yeah. Very good. Uh, it's, it's very much like you, uh, getting into Paizo and, uh, revamping, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the tech stuff. Like, you know what, you know, you, so actually, no, that actually kind of fits. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like it was running. Paizo was running. It was, you know, there were, there were dips, there were, there were things that were missing, uh, a, a kind of a catastrophic blow happened and, uh, now it's time to upgrade the servers, uh, mm-hmm change the ethernet cables i'm not i'm not very. but but like this is like very much like
1: we have had to do both of those things so you're not you're not entirely right
0: right on but like you know this is that time where like yes there's there's a lot of work to be done a lot of conversations to be had and the fact that you know eyes are open to it now is just it feels it feels good to be a part of the conversation knowing that you know we're here we're here for you they're yeah. they're still there to do the thing so it's been uh, an absolute pleasure having you brian uh there there were there's a lot of stuff like i did want to uh, maybe come back We we could talk some more about uh your 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 writing <laughs> because you do uh you you uh. have writing credits so um I do have a few. I'm
1: not, I'm not yeah. very prolific, though, so I'm not sure you'd get an hour and a half out of it.
0: But Sure, sure. But, uh, you know, if uh, if ever you wanted to get together and guest on the podcast, uh, we're Homebrew Starfinder. We uh, are mm-hmm. set in the packed worlds. I, I homebrew, like, a company here, uh, 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 a weird alien race here, but, like... Um, mm-hmm. I very much love the setting. Uh, I play in it, so I don't have to make my own. So uh, yeah, if yeah. you ever want to get your feet wet, we got plenty of opportunity here. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you know your social sure. media, where we can.
1: Uh, well, I got my Twitter with the intention of it being used for professional stuff. So it's the very boring at Brian M Bauman B A U M A N.
0: Oh no, is uh, it Bauman? I'm sorry. I, I,
1: oh, I... did you say Bauman?
0: Yeah, I went to Google and that's, Google told me it was Bauman.
1: Yeah, that's because that's probably how it's traditionally pronounced. It's okay. not a problem. Like <laughs> my family specifically has called it Bauman, okay. but it's like a German surname, and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be pronounced Bauman.
0: Uh, cool. Well, a little tidbit. But, uh, but you know. <laughs> I'm okay. Brian M. Bauman. Yep. Uh, so I am Dom Bewley, also a German mm-hmm. last name, often mispronounced as Bully. So I I sympathize. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. All right. So yeah, definitely follow you on Twitter. You're, you're, you're like most people in the Paizoverse were retweeting mm-hmm. and tweeting the links and the threads and the, mm-hmm. the thoughts. Uh, definitely will uh, be following along. And yeah. uh, thank you so much for hanging out with me.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And cool. yeah, I might just take you up on the. If I ever have free time ever again, I might just take you up on,
0: uh, on playing some Starfinder because I have been meaning to get back into that. It's so fun. <laughs> and then I do have offline games. It's not just podcast stuff. Oh, so totally. If you're a little, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. I will uh, sign off here, let you get back mm-hmm. to your night. Uh, everyone, stay tuned next week for uh, the continuing adventures of the Hexgrid Heroes, which is a new sign off i'm playing with right now uh thank you